0: Your hour of thrive time begins now with your host, Jay Mamey, on the Jay Mamey Talk Show. The Jay Mamie Talk Show. Good morning, everyone, and welcome once again to the Jay Mamey Talk Show. This is Jay Mamie, and you have now entered your hour of Thrive Time. I want to thank you if you're visiting our show today for the very first time. Today is going to be a stellar program, and for good reason, you have arrived at the right place at the right time yet again for another hour of Thrive Time. And I want you to know that if you've not had a chance to check out our prior shows, now's the time to visit our website, the com. Visit our prior episodes. We've got an archive of fantastic episodes that we've recorded that are going to bring you tremendous thriving value, and today's going to be no different. In fact, I'm excited about today's guest, who's going to be our feature spotlight, and for good reason, too. Our guest today is not only an author, but a professor, a lecturer, motivational speaker, music executive. He's an artist manager, successful one as well. He's a uber entrepreneur, he's a fighter, and uh, he's also a cancer survivor. And those would be the words to sum up the life and career of our featured guest today, Dr. Matthew Knowles. We're going to hear from him shortly. But I want you to know that if you've not had a chance to follow us on our social media uh, handles, go ahead and follow me on Instagram and on Facebook, on LinkedIn, on Twitter. You can find me there. Stay in touch with me. And at my personal website, thejmamey.com, you'll have a chance to check out my blogs and my videos and all of my content Including Thriveology, my international best-selling book, just released a few months ago, and it's already helping shape the thoughts and the minds of many around the world with that action-stoking, thought-provoking phraseology and and. Elaborations that are contained in that wonderful book. I encourage you to pick up a copy. And my newly released Thrive Sales Mastery course, my Thrive Sales Mastery course, helping you go from novice to ninja, is already getting tremendous feedback. You can check that out at thrivesalesmastery.com. But that falls in line with our theme that I started a couple of weeks ago. I thought our theme for the fall would be so appropriate in preparation for 22 that we titled, we themed our fall programming, A Thriving You in 22. And November really is kicking off that kind of month with the list of guests that are coming up now for the next four weeks and then right into and through December. It's really going to put a wonderful cap on our fall theme of A Thriving You in 22. So we've got a great month of programming ahead and I also want to take a time to, to really give recognition to our show sponsor today, Texas Security Bank, has not only been one of our biggest fans and one of our partners, but they're a tremendous sponsor, and they're sponsoring this episode. I love Texas Security Bank because they are what I call the champion of the entrepreneur, and there are many of you listening to the show that are entrepreneurs, are business owners, and Texas Security Bank believes in what we do, and they are today's sponsors. We appreciate them in a big, big way. But I want to continue our segment, our opening segment here, with this theme of a thriving you in 22. And I know that many of you that listen to the show, there are many that are entrepreneurs, your business owners, your CEOs, you are those that are out there making new connections, connecting with new people, expanding your your contacts, and as well you should And part of what you want to have happen in your life for 2022 is to continue to do that, but take it to the next level. You know, there's something to be said about brand new connections that you make, brand new networking experiences that you can have. But I want to share with you that a networking experience really is not going to serve you well unless it's a meaningful networking experience. So I want you to sort of Hang in there with me for the next five or six minutes as I give you what I believe will help you have a meaningful networking experience if that is part of your goal to thrive in 2022. So how do you have a meaningful networking experience if that is your goal? Let me give you what I believe is going to help you have a meaningful networking experience if you're in uh, in the business of networking and meeting people, right? If you're in that world, and you should be if if meeting new people is your intent, then I'm going to give you three things to consider. Three truths that I believe, these are my truths, they don't have to be yours, but they're my truths that I know from a guy who's been doing this for 35 years will help you succeed and thrive in creating these meaningful, memorable networking experiences. Number one, you've got to show up. And what I mean about showing up means you've got to show up early to whatever event that you plan on meeting new people. And why do you want to do that? You want to do that because by showing up early, it allows you to recon the room. <laughs> it allows you to find those that are like-minded, people that are on the move. You know, there's one thing when you walk into a room and you've got your radar on and you've got your your recon Uh, Senses uh, at high alert You tend to look You should look for Those that are on the move People that are energetic People that have uh, A lot of enthusiasm About them Those are like-minded people That are on the move So when you show up early And you recon It allows you Not only to find Those that are like-minded But those that you need To make a connection with Here's the second reason You have to show up You have to show up But you have to show up With the right attitude In other words You have to check The baggage at the door (laughs) If your face That you're walking in that room tells a different story other than you're excited and you're enthusiastic and you're happy to be there and you're bringing in the baggage from the day, whatever you're dealing with, whatever that blueprint that you've got soldered in your mind, whatever's happening in your life. If you're bringing that into the room and it shows on your face, then I want to ask you to go back to the car and practice smiling, (laughs) practice your smile in the car. Before you walk into the room, I mean, if you've got the kind of face or that gives people a migraine when you walk into the room, then stay in the car and practice your smile. Now, here's the thing. If your smile is spooky, I mean, if you got the kind of smile that scares people and the children run when you smile, then can I encourage you? Don't smile. I mean, if your smile uh, scares people, then it's time to abandon ship on the smile and just work on a smirk. <laughs> work on a smirk. That's important when you show up. That's part of showing up. Here's another thing you gotta do when you show up you gotta leave a, a footprint. You gotta leave a footprint. That means you've gotta do something, you've gotta say something that is memorable. That in that group of many people that are networking, That you're doing something that makes you memorable. So the people that you're meeting, long after that event is over, long after that networking social is over and gone, the next day, two days later, people still remember you because you left a footprint. You made an impression on them. Now, how do you do that? Two ways you can do that. One is body language. We don't have time to get into that because after all, this is radio. (laughs) But I can promise you that what you say and how you say it matters, what you say to someone can leave a footprint, can make an impression. This is one thing you can say to someone when you are having a meaningful networking experience, if that's your agenda. I like to ask people, what makes you unique? I like to go right, for, right forward, and I, actually, I like to ask someone, so what makes you unique? Not your company, not your service. I don't want to hear a brochure. What makes you the person? You, the person I'm staring at right now, what makes you unique? And you should see how their faces are. Their faces sort of take a moment and they pause because it's a question that comes out of nowhere. I'm asking them directly, what makes you unique? The other question I like to ask is, how can I serve your success? How can I serve your success? That's a powerful question to ask somebody if you're building a meaningful networking experience. Well, that's what showing up means. That's how you show up effectively to create a meaningful experience in your networking. Let me give you number two, follow up. Show up is number one. Follow-up is number two. When you follow-up, this tells the other person that you mean business. When I mean follow-up, I mean that you are intentional about what you do after that meeting is over, after that encounter is over. That means you've got to immediately find them and track them down on social media and make connections. That means you've got to immediately follow-up by sending an email, sending a text message, and... Uh, scheduling a follow-up one-on-one to get to know them better, to build rapport, to build a, a hopeful, um, a profitable relationship. And by the way, you've got to respond to their communication, their correspondence. You've got to respond right away. I've had experiences where I've sent out emails to people and I have not had a response either at all or a very long time. Well, that tells me that person not really serious about what they're doing. Now, they may be busy and things happen. I get that. But if I don't get a response with a certain amount of time, I question whether or not that person I just met really wants to do business with me. They want to build a relationship with me. Here's what a strong follow-up means. Here's what a a strong follow-up tells the other people. It It means them, it tells them that you mean business, that it wasn't just a social gathering. It means that you're a person on the move. It means that you practice what I call rhinoceros success, and they can count on you to follow through. If you ask them to do something, or if they refer you to somebody, they they know that you mean business if your follow up is intentional and is strategic and is on point. Let me give you the last one. You got to give up. You got to show up. You got to follow up, and you got to give up. Give up what? You got to give up your time. You got to give up your knowledge. You got to give up your resources and your contacts. If I want to build a relationship with the other person where they have an idea, and they have this sort of this unction that I'm about this, uh, I'm about doing something with them. Uh, uh, in, on a committed basis for the long haul, I want them to know that I'm a giver. And if I've got some information to share, I'm going to give it to them. If I want to uh, give them my resources and my contacts the things that I believe can help them that I have access to, I'm going to give that to them. I'm going to be a giver. I'm going to be someone who they know that they will be on their side, in their corner for the long haul. That's how you build a meaningful networking experience. Hey, and thriving in 2022, if thriving is your intent, then you have to have a way to build these meaningful networking experience. And I promise you, the thriving experience that you are looking for and building relationships and through these networking events, they're going to yield tremendous fruit in 2022. Guys, we're going to be right back with Dr. Matthew Knowles after the break. Hey, everyone, this is Jay Mamie from the Jay Mamie Talk Show. I just want you to know that my book, my 10th book, is finally available. Thrivology, action-stoking and thought-provoking quotes and phrases is now available for your purchasing pleasure. This book has already making tidal waves among those who appreciate content that is driven to give you a thrive-minded mentality and also reminders throughout the course of the week of the things you need to do to thrive. Guys, you can pick up my book, Thrivology, at thejaymamie.com.
1: Hi, my name is Alicia Bush, and I'm the founder of Treasured Vessels Foundation right here in Dallas, Texas. TVF is an anti-trafficking organization devoted to providing a long-term safe place for healing and growth to individuals impacted by trauma from exploitation and sex trafficking. We provide food, shelter, education, and mental health care for survivors. Check us out at treasuredvesselsfoundation.org. That website, again, is treasuredvesselsfoundation.org. Listen, could Robert change your life?
2: At the age of 55, I started putting on weight, and I got to the weight of uh, about 210 pounds. Always hungry. The heavier I got, the less energy I had. And uh, about six months ago, I started taking the Andro 400, and uh, I started realizing I had more energy myself better. And my mind was clearer and I started losing weight. I went from my max weight was 215, and now I'm down to 176. My waist size has dropped from a 38 to a 32, and I've lost these big glove handles that I had on my side, and uh, I just look a lot
1: slimmer. Since 2004, Andro 400 has helped men lose belly fat, gain energy, and to look and feel their best. Go to andro400.com for more true testimonials, before and after photos, and special discounts. Only available on Andro 400.
0: Welcome back to Thrive Time with Jay Mamie. Welcome back, everyone, to the Jay Mamie Talk Show. Super excited about our feature spotlight uh, today, guys. We're going to dedicate the entire show to our guest. I mentioned earlier, our featured guest, Dr. Matthew Knowles, is not only an author But a professor, a lecturer, a motivational speaker, a music executive, top artist manager, uber entrepreneur, (laughs) but he's a fighter. And boy, he showed those fighting chops when he beat cancer. He's a cancer survivor. And that really just sums up the life and career of our featured guest today, Dr. Matthew Knowles. Uh, Dr. Knowles, I appreciate being on the show. Thanks for being on, brother.
1: Well, thanks for giving me this opportunity to talk to your audience and getting to get to know each other.
0: Yes, sir. Well, you and I had a conversation last week already and uh, man, it was like kindred spirits. I don't know about you, but that's what I felt. <laughs> yeah, I walked away from that saying, "I can't wait to talk to this brother again." <laughs> it was great. Was I mean, sweet. we could we could have spoken for like another four or five hours. It oh, was absolutely. Awesome. It absolutely. was great, brother. It was great. So you know, I, I one of the things that I, that that we hit it off right away, and I kind of want to start with this this journey of your story. You and I, we have similar paths because I grew up in Spanish Harlem and, and the barrio. I'm a product of adoption. Me, and my twin brother Joe, and you know, meager means mom had uh, mom had to stop working at the factory father worked three jobs took on a fourth job yeah you know, they were immigrants from Puerto Rico uh, uh, you know so we didn't have much and as you and I were sharing our story that's sort of your story too when you back in in the days of Gaston Alabama
1: <laughs> yeah I, you know I grew up in Gaston Alabama on a dirt road with an outside bathroom uh, in the rural part of Gaston Alabama uh, my dad was a truck driver but he convinced the owner of that trucking company to let him have that truck 24 Four, seven, and he would go and tear down old houses and sell all the copper metals, the wood. He would buy old cars, and he would sell every part. Uh, my mother made $3 a day as a colored maid, mm. and she convinced the woman she worked for to also tell her friends to give her all the hand-me-down clothes. And on the weekend, my mom would make these beautiful quilts. So my parents, as well as my grandparents, although they were poor, I never knew we were poor. Mm. And I now understand the entrepreneurial spirit that they instilled in in me.
0: You know, one of the things that an upbringing like that, that many experience, many don't, and I get it, but it teaches us some things. So I I, want to ask you, what did that upbringing develop in you that has served you for the rest of your life?
1: Well, for one, it gives me gratitude when I look back and I see and, and, and thankful when I mm-hmm. see all the other sacrifices that my parents made. Mm-hmm. Uh, but also it gives me a lot of joy and happiness because I looked up to my parents as, as entrepreneurs and they instilled in me that I could dream and dream big. And I could there's nothing I couldn't do. Mm-hmm. nothing if i put forth the work it was my passion first they always wanted me to identify my passion so i i'm i'm very grateful to my parents for for those life lessons
0: part of those life lessons I, I believe uh become our cornerstone you know that that cornerstone is so important because it begins to it builds the the building of your life right and there's a number of cornerstones that i recall back from my parents and and my father i mean he just I mean, the man just got up early and came back late and he did what he had to do. That's a cornerstone that was built in in me because that's the way I operate. I know you operate the same way, but what would you say then – uh, your cornerstones that you developed early on either by your observing your parents, your grandparents, or, or your very difficult environment. We're going to talk about that. You know, you were you were the only African-American boy in the community. where it was predominantly white. So and maybe we can talk about that as well as what developed that cornerstone that helped build the building of your life.
1: Well, again, for me, it was they instilled in me just life lessons of passion, work ethics. Uh, my dad, for example, was a fire foreign- volunteer fireman and mm-hmm. in Gaston, Alabama, he wanted to be a fireman, but he was black. Mm-hmm. So he couldn't be a fireman. So my dad, after working a full day's job, after then going and doing his entrepreneurial job, would have that that, that uh, walkie talkie at late at night listening and would go and help put out fires. My dad, when you were on the road and your tire went out on your car, regardless if you white or black, he would help you. Mm. So, so I also learned the giving back to my community and how important that is for all of us, uh, those of us that have had an opportunity to have done better than others, that we give back, give back our knowledge, give back our time. Sometimes it's just a look in the eye and saying, I love you, brother.
0: You know, and you're, this, this radio show interview, that's a testament of that, brother, because you're giving up of your time to pour into not only uh, the show, but into the the lives of the listeners, and there are thousands of listeners, that is still today a cornerstone, giving back to others selfishly. Brother, that's a testimony that you've given us right now. But I want to talk a little bit about your upbringing, because you shared with me, and uh, and I was I was impressed, but I was also uh, not shocked, but your upbringing in your grammar school, middle school, high school, and went on to college, there weren't too many other African Americans that that were in in the in the schools and the neighborhoods in the towns. How did that affect you and your character and and your ability to be uh, to be memorable and stand out
1: in a good well, way? Well, we, we have to uh, let me paint the picture. I was born in 1952, so an elementary school would have been 1958. George Wallace was the governor of Alabama Mm -hmm. Uh, very racist very segregationist Uh, my mother went to high school in a small town called Marion Alabama and she went to high school with Coretta King as well as Andrew Young's wife Mm. so when my mother came to Gaston she was a a leader and took the torch of desegregation and integration Uh, I never in the 50s, 60s, and 70s, went to a black school. I was one of the first. I've been spit on. I've been electric prodded by the state troopers. I've been called every name you can imagine as a child. Uh, And and there's a tremendous price that I pay for that. Mm -hmm. And and we can talk more about the racial trauma, uh, the 10 years of therapy, uh, how it impacted my life. But that's my background. My my background is a, a lot different than others. I don't just talk about Black Lives Matter. I lived through the very early beginning and watching elders get beaten and put in jail and women getting beaten. And many, many, many children that we don't talk about in the desegregation movement in the South that were participating and lost their lives.
0: Mm-hmm. You know, one of the things that tough experiences can can develop in someone is the ability to get better or to get bitter. You decided to get better when you could have easily gotten bitter. At that point in your life, what was it that you decided that you were, why rather did you decide to focus on getting better and not bitter?
1: Well, I think for some of us and for me, myself, I can speak for me. I I internalized a lot of those emotions.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, and, and that formed a chaotic part of self, a chaotic part of me. And, and that chaos, which kind of came with the work environment, having too much on my plate uh, in the mid-2000s, uh, around 29, 2009, 2010, I, I almost self-imploded. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and I had to get help. And I uh, went to a therapist, a a, a white Jewish therapist, uh, but I I knew that she really wasn't touching the core. And so I searched out for a black therapist and found a black man in Dallas, Texas, uh, who really gave me an opportunity to understand what that racial trauma and the impact Mm. of it making me feel not as 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 equal, mm. uh, the self lack of self-worth, uh, the, the wanting to have to prove, the, the chaos that uh, I had to always overachieve, uh, and understanding,
3: you
1: know, I believe in mental illness. Mm-hmm. I believe that equally as we work on our physical, we have to work on our mental. And I share that with people because I think it's important that we understand that all of us have something on our plate that we can get better at.
0: You know, that aspect of mental health is probably one of the most uh, overlooked, uh, I believe, components of, of thriving and success because it's not a sexy talk, right? I mean, who wants to talk about, especially if there's an aura or an image of success, who wants to talk about that you're struggling with something? Um, but that's, that becomes then what I believe is that cancer that continues to grow inside your mind, inside your brain and in, in, in your thought patterns that ultimately is what, what takes you down in the end. So, uh, you, you having had the wherewithal to seek help is, is really, uh, not only a lesson for all of us, but something that's honorable and noble, because I know made some changes in you that today are a reflection of that. But one of the well, things, I'm sorry, go ahead.
1: Well, I'm just glad I can share that uh, because you're right. There's a lot of listeners right now that are struggling with something. Mm -hmm. And and, and we often think it's the something that we're struggling with, the work or the alcohol or the drugs or whatever it is. It's not the something. It's what's inside of you that has to be addressed and identified and a a way of repairing. So that's critical.
0: Well, I appreciate you sharing that. What, one of the things that, that I know that from your life, you, you made a pivot. And this is interesting because we're coming out of a pandemic. Tons of people have made pivots career-wise um, and, and of other, other ways as well. But predominantly career-wise, they made some pivots. You made a major pivot early on because you were actually in medical sales. Most people don't know that. You were in medical sales. And then all of a sudden, you decided to make a pivot into the music industry um, number one, what fueled that pivot and, and why the change?
1: Well, you, you're right. Most people don't know my 20 years in corporate America. I uh, was in the medical division of Xerox selling zero, radio, zero radiography for breast cancer. I was with Philips, selling MRI and CT scanners and with Johnson & Johnson as a neurosurgical specialist. And then managed care hit. Um, America and and then managed care is simply the reduction of our expenses uh, when we go to the hospital or any other medical expense I was doing a procedure in Houston and got paid. went to the neurosurgeon's office thought I had done something wrong in the in the procedure Uh, but he told me mr. knows I can no longer use your instruments Uh, I just got an email that if I don't reduce my cost here i won 't be able to have the privilege of having uh practice here and, and so I called my my former wife at that time and said i i can't do this anymore but I, I had only thought of twenty years in corporate america anyway so so I had to then identif- i had to then identify what is my what is my passion today mm-hmm and as a as a kid i i used to love music my dad on sunday uh would have me be the G, dj from while he and my mom danced in the living room they had the plastic you know the plastic you could never go into the living room mm-hmm. you know uh and, and i had a nickel a dime a quarter that i put on the needle uh, so that if the record scratched, you know, my dad would get quite upset. He was a big guy, and he could really dance, and he didn't like the record finish scratch. I always loved music, had a passion for music. Mm. Was in a boy band in high school. So All right. I, said, I said, look, there's a, a young man in Houston named Lil O, a rapper. He's been asking me to manage him, and I've been saying to him, no, I, you know, I don't want to do that. And so I decided here's an opportunity to go into the music industry. Beyonce was as a little kid. She was eight, nine years old. Uh, They had gone to Star Search. They had lost. Uh, Ed McMahon has said the people that lose on this show go back and they make changes in the organization. Mm -hmm. So I viewed that as an opportunity, went back to school. I want to emphasize that. Mm-hmm. Went back to school to get knowledge, went to every seminar that I could to get knowledge, began to build relationships. And then I got into the music industry. I didn't quit today. And then yesterday, I mean, and then the next day was in the music industry, I transitioned into the music
0: industry. You know, Dr. Nolan's when we come back after the break, I want to pick up right there because you didn't wing it, and that's my point. I'm glad you you've brought it and you've uh, you brought it to light. You didn't wing it; you were strategic. So when we come back after the break, I want to talk about why the the strategic approach to a transition and why that's important. We'll talk about it right after the break. Hey, everyone. This is Jay Mamie from the Jay Mamie Talk Show. I want you to know that my course, the Thrive Sales Mastery course from Novice to Ninja, now is available. If you are an entrepreneur, a business owner, or have a sales-oriented career, and if your skill sets need improvement, if you are struggling with the areas that matter most, how to convert someone from a prospect to a customer or a client, then your sales skills need to be improved. Go visit thrivesalesmastery.com and learn more about this fantastic course.
1: Okay, I'm totally into this glow stick. I'm a 51-year-old
4: who could never lose weight. But what if I told you one stick a day could melt the fat away? Well, I was shocked when I lost 9 pounds in 13 days and 2 inches off the waist on an all-natural plant. First time in history with clinically proven results for sleep and weight results may not be typical but for me i was super excited
1: i want to be your independence lease ambassador contact me for a free stick today at glowbylee.com.
4: if you call lasco equipment you're gonna hear one thing we're on it we're on it with case ih tractors they're powerful efficient and versatile high-tech equipment that runs early and often you climb into the driver's seat of a case ih tractor and you'll be on it too From bailing to mowing to loading and more. Visit ASCO and Sherman, Terrell, Tyler, and Wichita Falls. Or at ASCOEQ.com. At ASCO, we're on it. Whatever it is.
2: If you're like most people, you're probably more than a little concerned about the state of the world around us today. Strange times. The stock market at all-time highs every day. U.S. debt never been higher right now. Dollars losing value. And let's not forget about inflation, the highest since 2008. Remember what happened in 2008. So how do you protect your money, your retirement, your savings? Well, many people just like you are turning to Old Faithful to protect themselves during these difficult times. And Old Faithful is real gold and silver from the Oxford Gold Group, the kind you can actually hold in your hands and have in your IRA. No better time than the present to protect your future and the future of your family. Call the Oxford Gold Group right now, 833-928-GOLD. They will send you their free guide on investing in gold and silver and answer all of your questions. Protect your money before things get even worse out there. Call the Oxford Gold Group today at 833-928-GOLD. Oxford is here to help you protect your savings and retirement. That's 833-928-GOLD.
0: Welcome back to Thrive Time with Jay Mamie welcome back everyone to the j Mamie talk show having a fantastic conversation with dr Matthew Knowles picking up where we left off so here we are make this uh, you're making this transition from medical sales to the music industry and as you shared now last time you didn't wing it you you were aware that if it was that it was going to take some diligent not only uh, uh planning but also developing a way to master your craft why was that so imp- I mean you went to a bunch of seminars and and webinars, not webinars, they had webinars back then, but a bunch of workshops in order for you to master your craft. And you didn't jump ship from one day to the other. What do you say to people that are practicing that jumping ship too soon, especially these days?
1: Well, you know, not only did I go to seminars, but I actually went to Houston community college and on the weekends took artist management, production, uh, publishing so that I could be informed uh, about the industry. And, And what often Uh, some people do. Uh, I would say a lot of people do. They get somewhat emotional and they don't allow themselves first. Mm -hmm. The most important thing Mm -hmm. is to, in this transition, to identify your passion first Uh, because when you live your passion, and I've learned this over life, when I, when folks live their passion, we never work a day in our lives. I, mm-hmm. I don't consider what we're doing right now work. I'm getting, um, I'm enjoying a conversation. I'm enjoying a dialogue. It is so critical that we identify our passion, not our hobby. That's right. And why is that important? Because people that are successful have this these incredible work ethics, and, and they're they're like they coexist together, their passion and their work ethics because they don't view it as work. And the passion is energy to them. It fuels mm-hmm. their day. And they can't wait to the next day. I mean, I'm still the, the crazy guy that can't wait till Monday comes. I mean, I can't wait on Friday. I'm like, man, I can't wait till Monday comes.
0: Wait a, a minute. You, I mean, you just, mean there's a Monday? Well,
1: <laughs> I, I, I just love what I do so much that I, I, you know, I just look forward to that, that Monday. So, you know, that's so important. A lot of people, and as a a college professor, I unfortunately have a lot of students say, well, you know, my my mom and dad wanted me to be an attorney or wanted me to be a doctor. And, And after they went on that journey and it wasn't successful, now they're looking at what their passion is, and they unfortunately lost Five, six seven years of their mm-hmm. life
3: mm-hmm.
1: In, instead of really identifying that passion and going for it and when you look and find that passion the money might not come in the beginning but I will guarantee you five six years down the road you will be successful both financially and business wise
0: you know one you one of the things you and I spoke about was exactly that if you're passionate about something it's not work it's just something that you're doing that's an expression of who you are, what you're called to be, what your assignment is, your calling in life. And uh, like you and I say, we could work till 2, 3 o'clock in the morning, sleep for 20 minutes, and get back up. <laughs> right?
1: Hey, every day. I mean, this morning I got five hours of good sleep, and I was up early. I was preparing uh, for my board meeting. I was preparing for classes tomorrow. There's preparation that comes with that. And there's work. You don't just show up. If you have really functioning at, at a high level, there's there's a lot of preparation for success.
0: And speaking about success, you did not have success right away. Yeah, when when you started in the music industry, um, you had uh, you had Destiny's Child, you had all these different uh, artists, but you did not have success right away. You you had some some adversity and some challenges. Was there? And I want you to speak upon that. But was there ever a point that you second guessed? your decision to get involved in the music industry?
1: No, I never second-guessed that. Um, I I realized that failure and making mistakes in life is an opportunity for us to grow. Uh, Many people uh, find that for a reason to quit rather than to grow. We only get better by making mistakes and, and having failures. I don't know successful people that get successful more so because they're successful. Uh, it's the things that we do that are not so successful that we learn from. That's right. Uh, right. And, and so I've always been open, even in class. I, if I don't know an answer, I always tell my students, there's another professor in class and his name is Professor Google. We will look it up. I don't know the, don't know the answer to that. I'm not going to wing it. We're going to ask Professor Google. And that's okay when you are authentic mm-hmm. and you're vulnerable. And and those are the people who grow in life. So, yes, we made mistakes. Absolutely. Destiny's Child got dropped by electoral records. I didn't understand. Maybe it's not a good thing to try to get Destiny's Child signed to electoral records when they have in vogue. Right. <laughs> Maybe I should have gone to another record label that didn't have a famous girl group. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I didn't I was not that knowledgeable at that time. Uh had to make changes to the group. The first album did okay with Destiny's Child. Uh but then we learned and realized we needed to take more creative control. Uh at that point I had was able to use and transfer my marketing skills from corporate America. Uh, the industry, the music industry, fought me at first, but then once we had a success, I became a
4: genius.
0: You know, one of the things you said that's so key—it's what you learn from success, from failure and mistakes—and keep going. All the great ones have done that. And at the end of the day, it's not how many times you get knocked down; it's how many times you get knocked down, and get back up—that matters most.
1: Well, my, well my, my my frat brother Michael Jordan, uh, <laughs> who I think is the greatest basketball player ever to go on a basketball court. Mm-hmm. You know, this kid didn't make it in his in his sophomore junior year in, in high school. Uh he didn't make the the varsity team. That's right. Uh but he learned that he had to practice and practice and practice and practice. Uh that's why I love this book by Malcolm Gladwell, that outliers that says those people that are exceptionally successful put ten thousand hours in something that they do. Mm. Ten thousand hours.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, they become gurus and, and true experts of their craft. They're masters of their craft. And speaking about fat, you're a college professor. Right? You're an educator. You're a motivator. Based on that experience and your daily work, and that you mentioned you're pre- prepping for some courses uh, and lessons tomorrow, what would you say, what would you have observed right now are the most common toxic habits and, and thoughts that you find that people are dragging along daily to their detriment.
1: Well, this thing called social media.
0: Really? Okay.
1: Uh, there's a, a lot of time that, uh, especially our young people, um, and energy, and a lot of false information on on the social media media platforms. Uh, to the point that I do think in the future. That the government will step in and make some changes, but you know, a, a lot of time is spent on social media. A lot of time, uh, and, and I'm surprised the amount of uh, older adults, you know, those in mm-hmm. their fifties, fifties and older, that now even, uh, and it also that that lack of self worth that I really need you to befriend me to feel good about myself. Um, and I understand the, the, the social conscious and communication, and that's the world we live in today. I, I understand that. But I, I, I absolutely caution, uh, caution that we be careful and know that there are other people manipulating what we're thinking on social media.
0: That's absolutely right. You know, it's funny. It's not the answer that I was expecting, but it is the right answer Uh, That you gave Uh, social media is absolutely uh, can be toxic and oftentimes, more often than not, if it's not used wisely, it could lack no nutrition, zero nutrition at all. But I want to know time consuming. Oh, that's right. A big time consumer of, of something that yields very little return unless it's being used for something educational or something to further your knowledge, like asking Professor Google, right? <laughs> but apart from that, brother, sometimes it could just be a time consumer and you get nothing in return for that investment of time. But part right. of your legacy, and most people don't know this, and this is what I about. In fact, one of the things you said on the phone with me the other day, which I immediately said, this, this is true. You said, I'm an intellectual brother. And yes, you are. You're an intellectual brother. Most people don't understand that it takes wisdom and knowledge and, and a sense of, of higher uh, the ability to, to negotiate uh, to do some of the things that you've done. I mean, in the, in, the de- in the billboard decade of 2000 through 2009, you managed 20% of the top 10 uh, who were on the billboards during that time. And, and between all of your labels, people don't know, between all of your labels, you have more number one records than Beyonce, Beyonce, People don't know that. You managed Nas, right? I think when you managed him, he yes. had his, his uh-huh. first number one hit when you were managing yes. him. Yes. Yeah. 18 major branding deals that you, you uh, developed with American Express, Pepsi, L'Oreal. I mean, you an intellectual brother. <laughs>
1: yeah, we were. And, and, you know, a lot of that success is the team uh, that, that I was able to put mm-hmm. together. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of Beyonce's team that's still with her, been with her 20-plus years, we put together a uh, but, but, you know, people, and we live in a media-driven industry that the narrative and the messaging, sometimes there's an agenda. Mm-hmm. And especially with black men, there's an agenda that some people don't want us to be viewed in a certain successful way. They want to bring in the negative on the narrative every time.
0: Well, I know that you don't let that at all get in your way. That's not something that you allow to even mess with your mind because you've got this stealth mind. I know that. But what motivates you? Now, last three minutes here before we go to break, I, I want to know what motivates you, what drives you to get better and to continue expanding your own field of awareness?
1: Well, it's, it's changed. What, what motivated me 10 years ago has drastically changed. A lot of that was because when I was diagnosed two and a half years ago of cancer uh, it really changed how I viewed a lot of things mm-hmm. today what's important to me is happiness uh, it used to be being number one making sure my artists were number one on billboard charts and and, and those type of, of, of those type of uh, achievements mm-hmm. now the greatest achievement for me is is Sometimes looking out the window. Mm. Uh, I didn't know. Years ago, uh, the chairman of Sony said, I hired this A&R person, paid him $5 million to look out, of the, out, of, out the window. I didn't know what that meant. Today, I know what it means just to look out of the window and look at the beauty of nature and to build this calmness and peace. That's what I work on today is happiness.
0: And that's what caught my attention. You posted something on LinkedIn a couple of weeks ago that was just as simple as that. It was about the gratefulness of the day and that your greatest achievement for that day was just to be happy. And uh, it, it got so much traction on LinkedIn because I believe a lot of people resonated with that. The greatest achievement you can have on a daily basis, if nothing else, is to walk away from the day saying, today I was happy. Isn't that true?
1: Absolutely.
0: All else can go to hell in the handbasket, but if you walk away (laughs) saying, I'm happy, (laughs) then you've had a good day. When we come back after the break, I want to dive into, uh, Dr. Nose, the DNA of Achievers. You wrote a great book. It's a hit book. I want to pick your brain on what are some of the traits of high achievers, and then we're going to dive back into what it takes to have star power. Can we talk about that after the break? Sounds great. All right, Folks, we'll be right back after the break. Hey, everyone. This is Jay Mamie from the Jay Mamie Talk Show. I want to encourage you to attend the third annual Veterans Appreciation Lunch sponsored by Fellowship Power Lunch. It is happening November 16th from 1130 to 1. Doors open at 11 at the Embassy Suites in Frisco. Our veterans do so much. Let's give back by helping these veterans and supporting them. Admission is free for veterans and their spouses. Go to fellowshippowerlunch.com to register and for more information.
1: Texas Security Bank is dedicated to elevating the champions of free enterprise. Founded by entrepreneurs, for entrepreneurs 13 years ago, our lending products are customized to help your business succeed. You need more than capital. You need a champion. Learn more
2: at www.texassecuritybank.com dot com.
4: Are you tired about hearing about land opportunities that are close to the Metroplex and on big water only to discover they're actually hours away and on private ponds? Do not be fooled. Call 888-850-1957 and check out an epic pre-development land buying opportunity. Historic Brazos river ranches with views of the iconic Palo Pinto mountains, huge trees, caves and canyons for exploring and a riverfront community area offered in five to 100 acre parcels. These Brazos, River ranches are being offered to the public for the first time ever Saturday, November 13th, for one day only. Purchase big acreage river access properties or direct riverfront properties starting at 49.9 gated access, paved roads, and huge views less than one hour from the Metroplex. Build at your convenience. All properties are ag exempt, so your holding costs are minimal. Call 888 850 1957 now to schedule your priority appointment or visit DFW Ranch Welcome back to Thrive Time with Jay Mamie.
0: Welcome back, everyone, to the Jay Mamie Talk Show. Wrapping up the final segment with Dr. Matthew Knowles, really taking it to the next level. Mike drops all over the place, folks. And this last segment is going to continue to drop even more mics. Dr. Knowles, we mentioned in the last segment, your book, The DNA of Achievers, you've spoken all over the world about that book and about the content of the book. But for time's sake here, I'd like to find out from you what inspired you to write the book and what would you say are some of the traits of high achievers that you've surrounded yourself with and have met over the years?
1: Yeah, the, the short answer is just years of traveling and and on the plane and asking your neighbor, hey, what do you do? And many of, of us have asked that question, do you get an earful or you... Silent. Uh, and, and I began to recognize the people that talked and was excited. There were different things they talked about and traits. And then I started thinking about my friends and what were their their traits of success. I looked at my traits and I came up with these 10 traits called the DNA of achievers, 10 traits of highly successful professionals. But it really started by just the years of travel and, and listening. Listening is a skill. What would
0: you say in your years of travels, have you identified, and I know you've got 10, but what would you say are the two common traits of all high achievers that you've experienced and observed?
1: Well, it starts first, and I, and we've talked about it earlier, is identifying the passion. So we, we won't spend more on that. Uh, one of the things I found is thinking outside of the box. You know, mm-hmm. we've been conditioned since childhood that and, and, and if we were inside of a box that had walls, we've been conditioned. You can't do this because you're black or you can't do it because you're a woman. You can't do it because you're poor and all the other reasons that society tells us. And and. and Then we get someone in the box just like us. So if we're a hater, we're going to get another hater inside of the box. And what happens is all day, all night, we hit walls. Mm -hmm. You know, we've been conditioned. We can't do this. But when you change that ideology and step outside of the box, there's no walls. So people that I understand and know that are successful, they think outside of that box. They're not box-in thinkers. They're not letting society tell them what they can't do. However, they're coming up with new ideas and and new ways of doing things
0: that make an impact. Now, one of the things you spoke about, and I heard you speak about this, is ego, and, and how ego becomes a problem. In fact, your definition of ego, if I can share with our listeners, is the anesthesia that deadens the pain of stupidity. <laughs> wait, wait, you got to put emphasis. The anesthesia deadens <laughs> the pain of stupidity. That's right. Now, can, now, can you elaborate on that? Because that's such a valid, incredible point that I don't want to just skip over it. I want you to elaborate that. What, what do you mean by that's the definition of ego?
1: You know, often you find someone that's that's quite e- egotistical. Mm-hmm. Uh, you'll find someone that is really uh, masking parts of their lives or masking their insecurities. And and the way that they mask that is by deflecting uh, in other methods. Uh, and, and, you know, that's really what it's about is those people that deflect and mask and, and, and they don't want you to know that they don't know.
0: That's exactly right. They don't want you to know that that, that you know, and that's that's an interesting point. But you know, the the book caught my attention. The DNA of achievers. So obviously, there's there's in in your opinion, these are uh, traits that achievers carry. But I'm wondering because I've met some people, brother, and I'm sure you've met some people, too, that the DNA of Achiever has skipped them. (laughs) 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 And I think they've got they inherited the DNA of a sloth because you can't get them to do much. Right. (laughs) Right. right. So we're talking to those that are really interested in high. And speaking of high achieving, here's a great question for you that I think a lot of our listeners want to know, because you've been out there and you're still out there and you made an impact and you you've got a legendary track record of success in today's. Competitive and and crowded marketplace. What is the world looking for in the next big star? And I'm not just talking about music. I'm talking about in business. It could be anything. What's the world looking for in the next big star?
1: Well, first of all, I think skills are transferable. Uh, and, and 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 so when we look for, and I take music. Well, you know, some people always send me demos. Oh, you know, I, I want to be the next Beyonce. No, we already have the next Beyonce. Mm -hmm. We, we, We need you to be the next whoever you are. What differentiates you from the pack? So a lot of people don't understand the true definition of marketing. You know, I was telling my students, I have some that are wanting to be managers, some that want to be directors for videos, others are artists. I said, but when you walk out of the door, do you look like an artist? And so I actually helped them change where I had this one young lady. She flies to my class. Actually, people get on a plane and fly three hours to one of my classes here in L.A. And she started dressing like an artist. She's like, oh, my God, Dr. Knows, I'm being stopped everywhere I go. Like, who are you? What do you do? Mm -hmm. So, you know, we have to – Whatever we are, what dif- differentiates it could be a hamburger stand. Mm-hmm. What differentiates that from the next hamburger stand? Yeah, you know, one it's of the, the who, the what, the why. Who is my customer? What is my product, and why should they buy it?
0: You now, one of the things that I think most people confuse is having talent and having star power. So, what's the difference between having talent? and having star power and how do you know which one is which and which one you possess
1: the, the simple answer for me is I can go to any given Baptist Church on Sunday and find someone who can out sing Beyonce what I can't do is go to a, a given church Baptist Church on any given Sunday and find someone who can out entertain
0: Beyonce mm. Mm. powerful that's it's the difference. difference that's the difference that's the difference. Talented don't mean you've got star power. Now, you're deadly yeah, exactly. if you got both.
1: And in this case, Beyonce has both. He has both,
0: absolutely. You know, speaking about that, you have a statistic recently that shocked me. You said that less than 1% of the music industry are successful uh, in the rap industry, less than 1%. And correct me if I'm wrong. No, but- it's
1: all, industry, all, all genres of music.
0: Oh, okay. And you said that less than uh, the three hundred and sixty something thousand albums a year that are produced, only three hundred actually sell well. Is that accurate? No, it's thirty about thirty
1: six. He added a zero. Okay, uh, thirty six thousand. Only one percent, three hundred and sixty at major record labels. Wow. Uh, you know, we 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 do a really good job in the music industry. What I call the Jedi mind trick, uh, I'm making the appearance that an artist is successful. Uh, but unfortunately, uh, unfortunately, uh, because of the team that a lot of artists have, their lack of understanding of the business side of it, um, they're not making a profit. And mm-hmm. the only way we define success, now a fan, the way they define this success might be, I mean, awards you, you won. For the industry who's putting up the money, we define success on the profitability. Mm-hmm. And less than 1% are profitable. And that's why you see a lot of artists being dropped. We hear about them today. It's because they lost money.
0: Mm. At
1: the end of the day, we're business. And that's why it's called the music business.
0: So the main ingredient why there is a 99, so 99% says failure rate in the music industry, what would you attribute that to? High failure rate, too.
1: Yeah, it's a combination of things. It's a combination of uh, just not having a passion and a work ethic, mm. the, the team that they built around themselves, the manager, the entertainment attorney, the whole team. It's the not having great songs, mm. it's critically important, uh, having marginal songs, uh, not learning how to entertain and uh, being a live performer. Uh, it's a combination of all of those things, not approaching from an international worldwide perspective, just looking at America mm-hmm. it's, it, and not having the star power, uh, you know, not having the right image that matches their music. It's a combination of things.
0: Well, based on that, I can see why so many fail and the success rate is so small. But in our last minute here, you've done so much And you've got a lot more to go. I mean, there is no end in sight for Dr. Knowles. But I've got to ask you, uh, because you mentioned your legacy. You you said the word legacy earlier. uh, And you you, you often talk about at this stage in life. Again, you've got a long way to go, brother. But what would you say is the intangible, not the tangible, tangible, all the things we spoke about before. But what is the intangible footprint that you're leaving behind for the whole world one day to know that you existed, that you were here?
1: Well, it's a combination of my family um, and also the love. I always say this to my to my wife, Gina. I said, Gina, at my funeral, I just want people that I help, people that nobody knows. that said, hey, you know, mm-hmm. Mr. Knowles came and I was homeless and he came up to me mm-hmm. and gave me a 20, but he didn't just do that. He hugged me, mm. looked me in my eye and said, brother, sister, I love you. That's the intangible that I want to leave that I loved another, another human being, and I cared about them enough to tell them and hug them and tell them I loved them. So it's one thing to to give money; that's one thing. Mm -hmm. Uh, The other thing is when you give your time, and it's from a true, authentic place. That that's that's what I want to leave. It's that I was a good man, not perfect. Learned from my mistakes but a good man that cared about other people, just like my dad, mm. just like my dad and my mom.
0: You know, at the end of the day, people will remember you, not by, not by what you gave them tangibly, but is how you made them feel. They'll remember how you made them feel. They'll forget everything you gave them, but they won't forget how you made them feel. Dr. Knows, we appreciate you being on the show, brother. I know that uh, we're going to have many more conversations. You and I, we're kind of spirits. It's done. It's a done deal. You and I are, are bound at the hip, brother. All right. I look forward to it. Right now, you in Houston. I'm in Dallas. We'll have to meet halfway. That's okay. All right.
1: That's okay. All right. All right. Appreciate you so
0: much. You have a great day and we'll stay in touch. Thank you, brother. Folks, another fantastic episode of the Jay Mamie Talk Show. We want to encourage you to come on back next Sunday for another hour.